you're not going to be pompous. You'll be humble. But I do think it's important for our team to know and understand the research that you do and the work that comes out of your lab is impressive to say the least. And so please go ahead and, and do it justice by introducing that, if you don't mind. My name is, is Chad uh, Kirkstick. I teach and do research at a university in uh, St. Charles, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis called Lindenwood University. Um, we've got about 7,000 students in um, NCAA Division One. So, but we, I, I work in the exercise science department and I direct, um, I guess I, I founded and I direct the uh, exercise and performance nutrition laboratory, which is here. And so I lead a team of faculty and uh, students. We have about three or four faculty that are doing various projects and about anywhere from about seven to 12 students or so at any given time that we're helping through different parts of their academic program, conducting studies, uh, research studies involving exercise and nutrition. So my, uh, my PhD was in exercise, nutrition, and preventive health. So we, day to day, we, um, I mean, my life is immersed in exercise and nutrition, and, and I quite honestly really can't imagine it being any other way. So that part, you know, when you think of some of the the areas that we've studied in, you know, throughout my PhD work, we spent about four years doing a fairly detailed run at, at uh, research in um, uh, overweight to obese women in the central Texas area, where we did a, a lot of investigations on fitness changes, body composition changes, health-related changes in um, uh, different types of diets with a particular interest in um, carbohydrate and protein manipulation, things that were pretty cutting edge at the time and that are pretty standard and, and accepted now. So um, that's pretty cool. And then we've always done just a lot of sports supplementation, dietary supplement related work for both health outcomes and performance outcomes. Um, so we've done a lot, a lot in those areas. It's, it's really pretty cool to see people talk about our work and um, cite papers that we've done. And uh, that still to this day gives you a small little twitch of, twitch of pride. Um, and then we've, um, I'm pretty involved with the International Society of Sports Nutrition. So I currently serve as the president of that organization. Um, the I, we call it the ISSN. Uh, Kendra just, just attended her first ISSN conference this past uh, June. And uh, it's a great group. And we're basically, it's a professional organization devoted to the practice of, of, of sports nutrition. So um, I'd say if you want to see Dr. Dr. Chad in his element, go to an ISSN conference. Yeah. It, no one, <laughs> it, I, I mean, loved it. I love seeing that, you know? Um, it's where we get to talk science and, yeah. and talk about those kind of things. But then, you know, there's just a lot of friends, a lot of new new, new people to meet and, and that type of stuff. Um, you know, but we've, you know, I, I guess if we're, you know, a lot of times we talk about number of papers. So I think we've published 130 papers now, two books, 13 different chapters. Um, I think our, our work's been cited close to, you know, close to 15,000 times now. So, um, so it's always pretty cool to get that work out there. That's really cool. So where would somebody cite you? Like, how could somebody recognize that it's you? Is it your lab? Like, how does, what's that process? Yeah, so you, when, when we talk about a citation, it's, it's usually we're talking about when, uh, you know, when a, another scientist is writing an article, preparing an article in there and you, and you, and they're, you know, they make a statement and, and, and work that we've done provides evidence for that statement, then they would, they would kind of, they would make a, make some type of a citation in their article. And then there's, 
there's ways. So I'm reading Men's Health or something right. or any article. Like yeah. Stacy was just cited in a mm -hmm. in a magazine. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, yeah, I mean, as a contributor. Example, you know, yeah. Yeah. It's so like Stacy Sims. You know, she just she just was she just first authored a position stand on ISSN on uh, female athletes and. Uh, I was the second author on that, did a lot of work with her on that project, really, really a fun, super cool project. And that article will probably get cited over a thousand times, over yeah, the, so which cool. is a, which is a massive number for a, for an article. There's, um, but, you know, so those are, and it'll probably act, be accessed well over a million, you know, meaning that, um, you know, it's on the, it's on, it, you know, so if you search for it or you, it's getting, you know, and people can click on it and read it and everything else. And. What would somebody search to find articles from your lab? I mean, so I think, you know, I, I think any combination of, you know, protein and exercise, body composition, dietary supplements, um, you know, if you really want to get focused, you could, you could certainly kind of include their last name along with it. And then that, that, that tends to stream some things down, but I think it just in areas of influence we've done, um, you've done a lot of stuff with, with different aspects of dietary supplements and performance and a lot of things on weight loss and body composition. Yeah, that's cool. So I think all that is to say too, at some point, somebody referenced you being a medical doctor and, uh, just because we call you Dr. Chad, but Dr. Chad is PhD, yep. not a medical doctor, probably even better for our purposes here. Yeah, I'm definitely, um, I, you know, the, the PhD folks are, we're, we're trained in a pretty narrow scope, but we are, we are usually able to dive down really, really, really pretty deep into that, into that narrow scope. That's kind of how I explain it to people as PhDs are kind of trained to do this, whereas physicians, a lot of times are trained to do this. So, um, yeah. So pick, pick your, they yeah. both apply, like they're applicable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I, I have a sports med doctor who also coaches a class for me on Tuesdays and she loves these talks that we do because uh, even as a sports med doc and family practice, she only has so much time. Like if you really sit down and like walk with her through the day, she's very limited and she has so much more that she wants to be able to provide. So, you know, for her, like a deep dive into these discussions is always just so like, she doesn't know, she doesn't pretend like she knows every detail about the right. function of protein or carbohydrates and fats. And, you know, she, I work with her on her macros and it, I love her because she drops her ego at the door. She just, but you would think sports med doctor would have all of that knowledge. She has some, but that's just not her area of expertise. So it's really yeah. interesting. I'd say it took me a really long time to to I think fully value the you know the type of how we're trained to think and how we're trained to go about things and and I think it's it's a lot of those types of interactions where you you get in a room with somebody and and you're you know they're they they're accomplished you know and you think to yourselves well how how do I fit into those areas um, so that part it's you know it it it, it you know it, it it has come full circle and we definitely there's there's a lot of areas where we can provide, you know, some very helpful insight for folks along those lines. And, and if it, you know, and how I look at it is, you know, I mean, you know, our research work will help you know, practitioners yeah. such as, such as that, you know, such as that physician understand information to a, to, a, you know, to a, you know, um, um, a better level. And then ideally, 
you know, they, they, they are then able to practice medicine and, um, and, and just give better care to all those people. Yeah. So yeah. She's so, she's so good. She did a great talk and presentation on, um, uh, like the problem with BMI as a measure mm -hmm. of health and sure. we'll do another one to, to have a podcast, but she yeah. obviously watches all of these and I'm sure she'd love to be here with you instead yeah. of me <laughs> picking your brain. It will get her so, on. Yeah. It's always cool to it's always cool to hear everybody's perspective. And I think even from people that are listening, um, you know, th those types of interactions, I think a lot of times are pretty valuable too, because yeah. you know, each person will kind of bring their own little thing, you know, kind of thing to the table. When I've done, right. you know, when I've done different podcasts before, that's the part of it that I've always enjoyed is that, you know, we're everybody has a different perspective, but it all we can all answer or help and kind of support. Uh, a certain question or scenario. Uh, and that, that, that's pretty cool. That works. That's, that's really pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should, I should have her on and have you as a kind of a, have a conversation. We need to try to get, we need, we got to get. Oh, no, she's on, coming on. on. Oh, okay. Should we move to email? She okay. was traveling. Um, yeah. Boy, oh. it would be good to have you on that one too. Well, let me know. I mean, she, I'm waiting to hear, I'm waiting to hear her reply. She threw out a date. Of course, she's a day ahead. Yep. And it would be though, uh, it would be uh, the 22nd of this month it would be next Tuesday. But if okay. you could join on, on, oh my gosh, I would love that. And I'm sure she would be happy to postpone it, but she's, she seemed excited. She was receptive. And of course it was great to have had the introduction mm -hmm. at, you know, at the conference with her and yeah, Bill. I, and I mean, I think, I think that's probably one of the neatest things about the conferences. Yes. You, yeah. You, know, you literally, you know, cause we, we brought her in from you know, where, you know, in Australia, New Zealand, you know, wherever she was at. And I think she was kind of doing a U.S. tour anyway. So it, yes. it worked out well, but but, um, you know, so those are, those are things that, um, it, it, those are pretty cool about the conferences. So I well, will, you all are all of you in positions that, you know, people where you're connected, what I noticed is like, well, you and Bill, of course, are trying to help all the students make connections and meet people. And, you know, um, I thought that was really cool. I wasn't expecting that, you know, like a real effort to, to connect people and introduce, um, that's un that that felt a little unusual to me, and I could see that as as part of your role too, like in a mentorship position, is to help us who <laughs> are just show up and don't know anybody to start well, to make connections and you know, and, and, and yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a little bit of an unfortunate element with just people in society as a whole, but I think it's a little bit sad when when people get surprised by the fact that if somebody just because they have md or phd or they publish this or they've done that or whatever else that you think that they're going to be you know that you think they're going to be arrogant or not friendly or not helpful or not give you the time of day like you know what i mean like that i think that's unfortunate that people have that perspective and unfortunately that right just means that there's enough of those people out there that, that that's, <laughs> how, that's how people yeah, do right. tend to respond you know but um you know, I don't know. It's and, and and I think a lot of times I think that's why a lot of us really enjoy like the ISSM because there's there's you know we've all got our own egos, but I think we're all able to understand you know where, where when we need to 
sit down and shut up and when we need to and listen and help and and then also when we need to step up and speak up and say no this is not right and this is this is some things we need to think about so yeah, yeah. well okay so we've got your background we've got uh, just to get everybody level set and the reason i wanted to talk about creatine and actually you mentioned earlier that there were some kind of misconceptions you didn't mention creatine but as you continue to do research things that seemed cutting edge at the time are just sort of accepted now i feel like creatine might be might fall into that category although it still does feel a little like uh foreign to people to me i mean i've been doing it for so long that it's not to me but um so let's talk about creatine what is creatine yeah um so we would classify creatine as um an amino acid like compound um it's, you know it, it's very similar to you know different amino acid structures it um we we consume creatine in in our diet um predominantly in um you know different like meat related sources of foods I, I unbelievably to me still to this day cranberries actually have a decently <laughs> high amount of creatine in them um relatively speaking and then our bodies make make about a gram a gram and a half of creatine a day what what how creatine is used is it it works within our um, our energy system. So we have kind of three different systems our body uses to make energy. And when you think of energy as a whole, you know, I mean, every all one hundred trillion cells in our body require on require energy to do what they need to do, whether that's talk to one another, uh, move things in and out of the cells, you know, and and, and so on and so forth. So there's a there's an ongoing need for energy, um, and we have different systems. And one of the systems which which you know creatine is involved in, um, you know, it, it is responsible for for making energy very very quickly, near instantaneously. Um, so there's been a lot of, of interest initially. I think creatine got popular because of the, of the connection there with um, you know, very rapid demand of energy, which we see during many, many different types of exercise. Uh, so when we do maximal lifts or jumps or runs or sprints, multiple sets of that with limited recovery, the longer that goes on, the, the greater and greater the energy demand is on the muscle tissues to be able to continue to perform the work. Um, so that's where creatine is used. That's where creatine is used to help that energy system very very rapidly remake that energy um that's that's expended so you know there's there's other parts to that conversation but in a whole you know that's ultimately what what the creatine molecule what the, a lot of the initial research was was done was um to to kind of examine outcomes related to its ability to help um control energy regulation so now the, and I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because I know we, we, but the part that I know I've mentioned to you, and then I think really, really surprises a tremendous amount of people and would even shock, you know, people that are 
that are you know scientific and fairly fairly well established in their scientific areas is that for I would bet that for every study that's being done on creatine right now in athletes, there's probably two or three that's being done on non-athletes for creatine's ability to help support various aspects of our health. Um, you know, there's a there's a so you know we've we've done we we've kind of been a part of of um, some pretty significant writing. And just to help to bring to light the fact that that creatine is much, much more than just supporting, um, you know, muscle health and strength and power. And um, there's some 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 articles that summarize a number of different kind of angles. So there's so there's definitely creatine for health. And I literally think there's a website called creatineforhealth.com um, that is, you know, that is kind of a, a result of a lot of the, the these, some of these papers that we've written, um, you know, and. Um, so there's so there's health implications as well. Okay, so I why don't we start with the kind of exercise piece and then move into the overall health because I think I mean I I didn't realize the benefits I think I I told you my I my parents <laughs> are currently loading at least I hope they are. They're probably not doing what they're supposed to do. But so I do want to talk about that. That's how like not scary this is. Um, so I kind of list it personally as one of my essential supplements. Do you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I can share a couple of anecdotes that I think that I've shared before. Um, that really made an impact on me when I first heard them. And, and I, I listened to a presentation from a medical doctor that was that was fairly, you know, well-versed in exercise physiology and performance and muscle metabolism and, and, and health implications. And, uh, and this individual made the comment that if, if our body did not readily make creatine in, in, the, in the manner that it does, because again, remember I said, most humans are going to make somewhere around a gram to a gram and a half a day. Our bodies were not able to make it uh, to the extent that it could because of all of its widespread um, uh, impacts on our health and how it can can positively impact health. It would it would it would it would be considered a vitamin. Um, Interesting. So you, so you think about what just what that means as a whole. Uh, I think is re is really important. Um, so if go ahead. Go ahead. Well, okay. go ahead. So if our body makes a gram, this is what I think is always interesting to people. Our body makes a gram. If I am a, an athlete, right? Like I'm, I'm lifting weights. I'm doing, um, uh, cardiovascular exercise. Am I, I'm, I'm obviously burning through and demanding more of that energy system than, you know, my father who walks every day, for example. So, so is, what is supplementing doing for me? Yeah. So I think as a whole, um, you know, there's, I think it's important for people to begin to understand that like, if we're making a gram to a gram and a half a day, that's the body's normal turnover to just meet daily demand for creatine right it's kind of like the rda for protein like to just and, keep you alive and, 30 and that, grams will do correct. it <laughs> and, that, and that and i think that's the best the best way okay. of looking at it so 
the thing what I was going to say is that, you know, that's that's nowhere near optimal. It's just enough to keep things functioning, to, to allow you to, to continue on in terms of life. And I think many times we have to, we literally, we have to think about it like that, that, you know, just because we're here and healthy doesn't mean that there's not an alternative of not being healthy and being very sick or potentially even dying, right? Like that, that is, that is always, always, you know, within the spectrum of, of how we can be, um, so when we supplement, we generally were able to, you know, if we look at the, the create, you know, um, you know, nearly all the creates in our body is stored inside our muscles and stored as it, as it gets converted into a compound called phosphocreatin. Um, interestingly, you know, we, we do store phosphocreatin in our brain. Okay. That's you where know. the health. It, yeah. Yeah. And, that... and, and there's a lot of research being done on, on, to helping to understand to what extent can creatine supplementation impact um impact the brain you know and I, i'm really not that well versed on it i can speak a little bit about some of the things that are being done but getting back to the muscle if we supplement with it we can increase the amount of creatine found in our muscle by about by about 20 to 40 percent um so you've just you just filled that fuel tank up even more you've made a bigger fuel tank and then with more of that compound, you know, again, from an exercising perspective and energy turnover perspective, there's just more of that stuff available that allows that process to, to, to resynthesize the energy, you know, cause it's, you know, when we're doing exercise, it's a, it's a near, it's a very, very fast, rapid, constant mm -hmm. cycle of expending energy to create power for, for the, to lift a weight or to run or to sprint or to jump, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. And then it, and then as soon as it, that energy gets liberated, then the body has to basically work to replenish what was just, what was just expended. So it's a near constant cycle that spins, you know, again. Well, and to your point, it has to recycle for survival. So if a gram a day is our sort of our survival, mm -hmm. and then we put this demand of load. So in, let's let's take my women, let's like, like take this to like life right now. Mm -hmm. So you go to the gym, you pick up a heavy barbell, you're doing some push presses, you move on to uh, your box jumps, then you go to some reverse lunges and you're, you're whatever it is taking you 30 to 45 minutes and you're just hammering this energy system um you're going to feel depleted but let's say your goal is strength even muscle hypertrophy for me i can pick up personally a heavier load and train longer as like time goes on and certainly now I can't even tell just because I'm just sort of like loaded. It's mm -hmm. just, I'm just constantly loaded awesome with 10, 10, time. yeah, just like 10 grams of creatine a day. We'll talk about dosing too, but, um, so this applies to people. And the reason that's important is if your, if your goal is besides health that we'll talk about if your goal is building muscle and strength it's very difficult to do depleted of creatine and depleted of carbohydrates like we've talked about like so now you have both a lack of energy through food you have a lack of energy through like i guess you could call it 
an excessive, like, like a demand to create creatine when you can only create so much. And you're sort of, um, you know, you're kind of burning the candle at both ends there. It's very, I wouldn't expect you to be building like significant amounts of strength over long periods of time under a, you know, caloric deficit or carbohydrate restriction also without like supplementing with creatine for me. And I, anyway, thoughts on that. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think, um, so what, let me, let me, let me, let me throw it back at you. So what is, what is the, what's the exact question? Well, I guess it's more like for the women that are in the group mm -hmm. who have been training for a long time, who are right. struggling, let's say this isn't like out of the gate, like we're not talking couch to weightlifting necessarily, unless we move into the health category, but for people who are wanting to improve strength, um, this is going to be part of, I think, a supplement like cocktail or protocol that's going to be able to help you push to that to that next level yeah and, and i think really so there you go so now with the um you know when we're talking get about to the point kendra you just say it you know you well did, no you kind of did <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure that i didn't turn left and you wanted me to turn right it, that, no I, you turn you're, you're um, driving but but i think that you know with that type of population you know and that's where it, it get, can get a little bit tough and confusing because you know creatine's history creatine's the whole story of creatine right is propped up upon optimal performance that's that's where it but the 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 thing so so much of what's discussed about it is that because there's a tremendous amount of science to support it but within you know kind of if we would say more of a, of a general population of males and females that are just exercising and resistance training to lose weight, to optimize their health, to just be as, you know, um, strong and healthy and energetic as they can be, where does creatine fit into that? You know, and, and I, I think there's, there's the whole health part of it that, it, you know, again, it, it, it impacts, you know, there's just a, a tremendous amount of areas where literature is pointing to where, you know, supplementing with creatine supports health, not just muscle health and strength and performance. There's a really, really nice study that was published three, four months ago that was extremely long study in men and in, 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 in um, women, I believe, that, that basically showed favorable impact on supporting bone health. You know, so we talk about, you know, females and bone health and aging. So here's a potential kind of nutritional strategy that can help um, support that aspect of your health. You know, there's there's been studies that have been done with creatine and people with diabetes and metabolic syndrome. You know, there's some suggestions that it may help with cholesterol metabolism, you know, cognition and brain health. So there's just a number of reasons I think why why it why someone should consider it beyond just performance. Now, but to the performance side of things, you know, it, if you know creatine is one of those aspects where you know it will help you get more out of your workouts. You, right. know, you will be able to lift five to 10 pounds more, do another rep or two, have, you know, have, you know, have some, you know, some more juice in the tank to do another set or to do another couple sets. And all of that translates into, you know, I mean, you know, 
you know, greater adaptations of, of, you know, strength and body composition and power over the course of weeks to months. Um, but then in addition to that, you know, you're just, you're, I mean, you have, I mean, psychological effects and self-efficacy of just being able to, to feel like your work, you're dominating your workout and the workout isn't dominating you. You know, there's a, there's a certain point of psychology that I think is helpful along those lines. And it can many times be very motivating when you're, when you had a quote unquote good workout, you know, it, it can be very motivating to want to want to try to have another one and another one. Um, so I, I definitely think that that something like creatine can support, you know, can support all of those elements. I think, you know, an area that we don't fully understand where and, and to what extent, so maybe there's, there's no extent to where, you know, you know, outside of the health implications, but again, the majority of research in terms with creatine in terms of, of muscle growth and hypertrophy has been to just flat out maximize it as much as you can. You know, these studies that have been done in, you know, 18 to 30 year old, you know, males with goals to just get as big and strong as they can. Uh, and that's because that's really where the sport nutrition, the marketing aspect of creatine really just dominated, you know, the, that, that narrative, that story. But I think you know, getting, you know, but there's been other studies that have started to appear in, you know, older adults, middle-aged adults, you know, elderly individuals that also shows that supplementing with creatine can help support strength gains, can help support, you know, muscle growth and development. Um, so it's, so why do I bring that up to help? Because number one, I think you have a lot of those types of people listening, but then also too, you know, it, it helps to debunk any type of a mindset of, oh, well, that that's for the young kids. That's for, oh, and that kid, that's what they used to do. You know, that's what, that's what I would do if I was 25 years old. Well, no, that's not, that's not what the message needs to be. Um, you know, so, you know, so that, that part of it, I think is, is an important narrative for people to communicate because I think there's a lot of people uh, that have, you know, creates and first got popular, you know, kind of like, you know, I mean, in you know, like 1992, you know, mm -hmm. you know, like the, in the, the mid nineties. So they're thinking about how many people are out there. And a lot of the people are, are somewhat, you know, kind of our age in the sense that they've, you know, that, that, you know, the, you know, the research on creatine really started to, to explode, you know, when, you, you know, you're in your late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, and then it's always kind of been there, um, you know, but, you know, but the, the, the people that have lived through that, they're, you know, the, all of the initial focus on creatine was on, maximizing strength and power and, and body composition um and and the evidence has started to really kind of help is pointed towards well it's it can do all of those things but it can also help support goals for people that that aren't necessarily wanting to truly get as big as they can i think the same was true for protein powder and lifting weights like mm -hmm. like all of those things that used to be only uh, bodybuilders are now everybody like this is for everybody um I think for those of you who don't follow or even Dr. Gabrielle Lyons I've enjoyed her concept of muscle as like an, a, an essential organ and kind of just really trying to find language to get through to people like she's just like trying to get people to understand and this is part, I think, you know, creatine, lifting weights, protein, these things that used to be uh, in another world have made their way over. And it's, it's, you know. Yeah. Um, 
and I, and I, you know, that's an area that I, I really feel pretty passionate about. And, you know, I mean, you know, Dr. Lyon is, she's a tremendous advocate for those, for, for that type of talking point. And it, and it, it really, it, it's, it's unbelievably important. I think one of, you know, I know we're getting a little bit away from creatine, but it all does kind of relate. You know, I, I think one of the most important things for people to know and understand about exercise and in particular resistance training exercise is that that is something that every single human on this planet needs to be doing and probably doing more of. Um, just be, you know, there, there will, I think I've made this comment to you before, you know, I've been doing this for about 20, about 20 years and over the next 20 years, there will, there will, you know, I, I will, I hope I see a day, you know, that, that, I, you know, I mean, resistance training is, is, is advocated and, and recommended across all aspects of health and medicine as much or more than aerobic exercise. And it's not just because I like to do it, but it's because the fact that the, the, the data on resistance training and health is, is it's really undeniable. Really yeah. Impressive. yeah. It's, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah. So that part, uh, and, you know, and it, it's really fascinating to me to think about well, how did we go through this period of time where people didn't resistance train, you know, because they either didn't think it was for them um, or, you know, and, and then you could go back to you know, exercise started. We started learning about the benefits of exercise in the, the mid 60s and the early 70s. And, you know, the exercise that type of exercise that, you know, was was initially researched was was aerobic exercise, you know, and, you know, so we're talking about walking or cycling or, you know, doing, you know, usually some form of continuous intensity. Um, and, you know, so that all this data started to appear that this, you know, pot that that was positive towards blood pressure and cholesterol regulation and glucose control and all of these health related factors that could help improve someone's health and prevent the development of disease and and improve their quality of life um and, but then resistance training you know so the people that were doing resistance training at the time the only people that the public ever really saw you know were were on were on venice beach american gladiators i don't know if you've seen that that's like the, don't that's forget like the early, about them that's like the early 90s you know um, well, I'm I don't going know. Back the hair, to like I think it was Rino like the... and Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, and like those were the people that you most commonly saw in lifting weights. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and those people were, you know, I mean, um, pharmacy experiments as much as anything else, yeah. right? You know, so there's that huge factor. But I really think that 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 aspect of things was 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 one of one of the more negative um negative things towards resistance exercise because you had these people that were unbelievably heavily muscular you know muscled there we didn't know a whole lot about resistance training so people just assumed that if you resistance train that's how you're going to end up looking and that's not how i want to look so i'm not going to do it and um you know so fortunately you know i mean the you know um you know research on it continued and now we've definitely gotten to the point where you know i mean the positive impact of I mean, it's on vessel health and bone health and muscle health and it's on cognition and, um, you know, it, 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 you know, it helps with weight management and weight loss. So there's, it's just, it's going to continue to grow. Um, yeah. so I know we're not supposed to talk about resistance training, so I'll shut up. We're not supposed to talk. You can't talk about it without like, we're talking about like health and longevity too, though. So mm -hmm. 
of course, we're going to talk about it. But so I have one, two, three, four, five questions, but I did want to share with you kind of a fun thing that I did recently, which is I've been training at CrossFit here in Portland at like this incredible gym. And I have a friend who sent me a message and he's, he, I think he, maybe, maybe he just turned 40 and he's been doing CrossFit for years, super strong, like fit, doesn't do any supplementation, nothing, which is like, I, in my mind, like there, there was a blank slate here, you know? So I, of course I would like, I want to load him with beta alanine and see what happens. I want to load him with creatine. He said, what should an old man take? And I was like, you need creatine omegas. And I said a bunch of other things, but like, start with those. I happen to have them. So I give him creatine. He takes it for eight days. I was surprised. I, I didn't think, he, you know, you people ask and you're not really sure if they're just like going to do it. So he takes it for eight days. He PRs his jerk. He was at like 295. He PR'd at 305, which like that's heavy, mm -hmm. but he'd never PR'd before. Like it never occurred to him to push more. So I don't think he was necessarily thinking, oh, well, I'm loaded with creatine. Let's see what happens. Like he was just, just taking it and he just boom, mm -hmm. PR'd with a, you know, that's a big jump, 295 to three, 10 pounds when it's already heavy is that's yeah. significant. Right. hundred percent. So now I, what was so unusual, like I said, is there was nothing, no other, he'd never taken it. Mm -hmm. I know he's going to push heavy weight. And uh, so now I just, I'm just kind of like loading him up and I want to see like what else he PRs, but I hadn't seen that before. Cause I work with a lot of women we're working in our, maybe our basement with dumbbells, maybe alone, not in a, not a, like a experienced lifter who would even have the weight to pick up 300 pounds or whatever. So that's probably the struggle. Some of my people would have seeing true strength benefits. They don't have a 60 pound to start rowing. So I just thought that was so cool. I didn't think it was a coincidence either. I thought like, no, he's, he's loaded. Like he's loaded with more energy and power today than he was two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I think, cool. you know, that, that type of explanation on, on the performance just fits and aligns extremely well with, with where the majority of the literature is for, you know, for something like creatine. Yeah. So, right. Like, is he going to go up 10 pounds next week and the next week and the next week? Probably not, but, right. um, uh, super cool. I'm sure you mm -hmm. have a lot of stories like that, but it, it, I think it's rare to have an experienced lifter that's been training for you know, decades that's doing nothing and then say, take this. That's mm -hmm. like super rare to me. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it is, it, it, it is in the sense that if they've been training for all these years, you know, they've, they're getting closer and closer to their max, yeah, to their training max, yeah. you know, so there's that part of it, um, you know, and then, uh, and then also too, there's, you know, there's a lot of dietary ingredients that are that are thrown around in the marketplace and and you know, and most of them don't have anywhere near you know the, the scientific evidence base that that something like creatine does yeah you know, so yeah so there's so that's that's probably the area where you know where i think creatine is the most unique in the sense that it's been it's really really stood the test of time in terms of science and there's there's a lot of papers that have been published on it now yeah 
So right. So if you take a so let's take somebody in my group that you and I know that that uh, takes creatine, decides I'm gonna you know I've been pressing 12s and all of a sudden I can get 15s and then like maybe I can get 20s and it doesn't and it feels the same as the 12 used to feel. Those are the things that you got to be able to be, you kind of got to be brave enough to pick up the heavier load and see and test yourself mm -hmm. and progress. So when, you, and, and, you know, Dr. Chad's taught us over the, over the year here, like recruiting more muscle fiber is important. Um, lifting heavier loads is important. And so I think if you're, you know, don't be afraid to do that. Maybe it's not up over your head with the dumbbell, but you know, test, test it out with a bicep curl, you know, something that feels tested out with a lateral raise and see if you can get more out of your workouts. That would be the biggest thing, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I know in that one conversation we had, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I am a pretty, a really strong advocate for people to, to, to try to get, you know, stronger and to, you yeah. know, you have to lift bigger weights. You can't lift a smaller weight more times and get stronger. You have to try to lift bigger weights. And I think for those people that are a little bit afraid of, you know, whether it's, you know, gaining too much weight or muscle, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say that there's, you got to have a lot of factors lined up or for you to really pack on, you know, different, you know, kind of, you know, various amounts of muscle mass and, you know, from a nutritional perspective, and there's even some other training, training sides of things, but, you know, the benefit for strength, you know, is, and, and, and I'm not really interested in people being, you know, the, the, you know, the strongest person in the gym, but I think that for most people out there, there's, you know, the, there's, there's a window for them to be, to be stronger and have better balance and have yeah. better motor control, be able to do more things around the house um and their their body have more resilience to be able to to respond to that type of thing so yeah um but i do want to i I've, I've got i know it's pretty rare I, i've got a firm one o'clock stop okay let's so get two we, questions that's fine okay uh so i'm gonna go down and answer these people have asked and then i'm gonna give you one of the big ones okay so mm -hmm. uh side effects i would say like for women i would say none like there's no hair loss there's no weight gain there's no that those are myths i think we've talked about that before can you confirm that yeah yeah, yeah. I, we, okay. we've done a number of yeah. work with you know with creatine there is there's nothing in a controlled scientific setting to suggest that there's going to be some adverse events associated yeah. with creatine and there's okay. there's a there's no shortage of papers to support that um when do you take it? I think the answer is it does not matter, but at the ISSN conference, they did say uh, around a workout. Um, I, I, I would go back. I would actually prefer to go back to the first, to your, to your first comment about it and say, it doesn't matter. I, okay. I, I, there there's, we, you know, we've done a timing study. We're very, I'm very well versed on the timing aspect of it. There, okay. There's, there's yeah. nothing to consistently say that you should take it after a workout or before immediately before a workout. Yeah. Um, get it in you. It's not a pump product, by the way, and you can take it with caffeine. There's, yeah. you will not experience a pump. Um, it's, it's not, that's not its purpose. Um, there's a, the, the debate is five grams or 10 grams. 
Dr. Creatine said 10 grams just to be safe. He just said just 10 grams to be safe. That's what he would do. So that's what I started doing. I felt like that was a good protocol. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, um, the good news is, is that taking, taking more than what you need doesn't unfavorably load your kidney or your liver or cause any types of problems. So, so there's really no concern about taking more than what, than what you might truly good. need. That was the other, another question. You know, so I would just say that, you know, if you're taking a higher dose will allow you to reach kind of saturation faster because yeah. you're just taking more, um, you know, there's, um, you know, it's but, also cheap. So it's, it's yeah, like one I of the cheapest supplements. It's like 24 you know, bucks for, I mean, yeah. Three, four months yeah, supplies yeah. about, about, about 20, about 20, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So it's not, it's not a lot of money. Um, yeah. I would say the most, an overwhelming majority of the literature has been, has been done using um, a five gram dose after somebody is already loaded. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, so splitting hairs there, I'm doing mm -hmm. 10. Um, and then the last question you have a minute left to answer this one is water. How much water is there a, uh, our, our crew is trying to get over a hundred ounces of water. Many are drinking about a gallon. This feels like enough to me for, but tell me about that. Tell us about I, that. You know, I, I, I get a lot of questions from our collegiate athletes about that. It's hot, it's humid here. So that's, a, you know, um, and, and I, and I generally feel like the majority of them, obviously there's a little bit of a body size component to it, but, a, but a normal, you know, 130 to 200 pound individual, I, I generally feel like, you know, somewhere in the realm of 100 to 130 ounces, yeah. you know, is, is pretty close. I think a, a gallon's 128. Right. And so, um, so I, I think if you, you know, if you land within that area, um, I, I think you're, you're in a pretty good spot. Okay. So thank you, yep. by the way, mm -hmm. I think we did a good job. This is the shortest conversation you and I have ever had about really anything ever. I know. <laughs> um, and that's okay. I, I yeah. I, you no, know, they're I, good. These are good. It's probably a good exercise for us to get get with it and and get going. But I also enjoy talking to you. Yeah, and, ditto. And your people too. So. Thank you. Thank um, you guys so much. I'll let you go. Yeah. I'm going to wrap it up with them, and um, yeah. I'll see if you text. My classes start Monday, so. All righty. Good luck. Talk we'll soon. Yep. See ya. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, so if you guys are listening on the Strong Life podcast, please please five-star review if you haven't it's super helpful share the show with all your friends drop comments if you see this on youtube um i did want to say too i think we got to all the the questions um that you guys have asked um and the, the i think the biggest thing when i think about any supplementation is uh is your sort of symptoms so if you have issues, then that is when it, it's a good time to talk about it with me or whoever your coach is. Um, but you should not be experiencing any issues. Make sure you're drinking enough water, but I think we've got that covered. Let me know, of course, if you have any questions. Thank you guys for being here, for listening. We're so lucky to have Dr. Chad. He's just, he's awesome. And just as always, reach out as needed, here to help. Um, love you guys. and. Have a great day.